Alrighty, welcome everyone to the Being Church podcast. I'm Tom. I'm Elisa. <laughs> and I'm Father Matthew. She was distracted by her book. That's yeah. Right. <laughs> welcome uh, to the second week of our special Lenten edition of our podcast. We're reflecting on um, select passages from the Holy Week uh the Holy Week drama mm-hmm. during Lent, because uh, as we said last week, Lent is preparation for Easter. It's not just it's not just a time to be sad. <laughs> it's not just a lame time. Uh, we're preparing for something, and so um, so as you're listening to this, uh, know that we have another parish podcast channel called St. Louis Presents. It's pretty cool. I'm I'm pretty excited about this. It's going to be sweet. I, yeah, this is opening a lot of opportunities for us. Yes. And on that channel, which you can subscribe to uh, wherever you're getting this podcast, Father Matthew has been going to be releasing uh, reflections on the scripture passages that we talk about here. He's going to engage them prayerfully on that channel. And in the future, that channel is going to be a place where all sorts of talks and presentations from St. Louis are featured. So we're really excited about mm-hmm. that. So I also encourage you to listen to the trailer on that podcast channel because... Is it already up? It is up. Yeah. Oh. It's going to be bilingual too. Mm-hmm. This is... Wait, what's it called again? St. Louis Presents. Oh, that's so awesome. It's going to be sweet. You'll hear about it in the bulletin. Okay. Today, uh, for our second week, we're going to talk about the story of the washing of the feet. Right, and this is this is a really beautiful passage, but uh, maybe we don't know all that it means. Well, there's a see. This is a thing when when we get to Holy Week, we have the washing of the feet, and and everybody kind of remembers that it happens, but it's like compressed right yeah. into the middle oh, of yeah. this busiest time. So it happens, but there's no time to let it like open up and breathe and and think about it. I've you know, in the back of my mind, I'm always like, man, we should have like a, a, a weekend devoted, like the Sunday liturgy, uh, you know, in ordinary time. That's like the washing of the feet Sunday that or something. Cool. Oh, yeah. Like that would be a great way to like, you know, and then every year you could like have a time to reflect on it. Because as it is, it's like, well, here we're celebrating Holy Thursday, which has the washing of the feet and the first Eucharist and the yeah, you right. know, institution, institution of the, the priesthood, priesthood right. and all, this stuff. Like, all of these things. Like yeah. the instruction, and, and I love it. The instruction in the in the Roman Missal says, and and the and the presider should uh, preach on these three topics uh, briefly, so as to allow for the continuation of the mass. I'm like, like how? we'll take yeah. your pick. Yeah, you know? right. right, exactly. It's a huge. The washing of the feet is huge in our house. We actually have our kids. We do it as a family really? in the evening, That's... and the kids look forward to. They draw numbers as to who they whose oh, feet they cool. have to wash, and we read the scripture and we do it as a family as a as a to inspire us for the year to be in service of one another. And so that is we brilliant. always do it after Holy Thursday mass. Um, Very cool. And it's one of their favorite triduum. Things. That's beautiful. Yeah, My yeah, only yeah. story about the washing of the feet is it, they did it to me last year at mass and I cramped when I tried to put my sock back on. <laughs> That's not it was not profound. Profound. interesting. It yeah. Was profound. profound. <laughs> it was like, ah, <laughs> but yeah, it's such a, it's such an important piece of of the of the whole of holy week that i cannot believe that i mean i can believe that we don't have a lot of time but i'm really excited about this episode being specifically right. about this well that was and that was a lot of the um motivation when we were talking about this ahead of time was that we wanted to focus in on things that happen in holy week that don't have enough time to right. to focus on them because right. we're, we're we're always it's the next thing and there's the next big thing that's happening um, so I'm really, yeah, I'm really glad about this. And this, um, I, you know, uh, context 
so we can take a, a moment and kind of yeah, see this yeah, in, in context. The, um, so I think there's two contexts. One of them is sort of this big context uh, throughout the scriptures, which is the use of water and washing yes. and the cleansing uh, from sins. Now, I'm just going to say a brief word about this because there's so much that you could say mm-hmm. about this. Um, you know, everything from creation, you know, and, and the waters that have to be pushed away so that there's room for life mm-hmm. and, and on the land, mm-hmm. right? Um, to the flood that, that washes away sin and begins a new beginning to the Red Sea mm-hmm. where the, the waters are pushed away. Um, you know, all the way up to John the Baptist and he's, you know, cleansing of sins with baptism, right? And the ritual washings that were part of the Mosaic law, all of these things, go through the prophets and the Psalms. There's, there's other places that talk about this, but right. there's this strong connection between what? Water and cleansing yes. and new life that happens. Um, and so that's that's one thing to keep in mind as we go into the the washing of the feet, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's just this thematic weight of the idea of of water and cleansing and everything that that entails. Mm-hmm. So that's that's one I think piece of context and background for this. And the other one is, you know, this is this only shows up in one gospel. This is this is John John's gospel, right? The most mysterious, the most gospels. mysterious of the gospels. And in John's gospel, he does this. And we know this is important because um, two two big things that point towards it. Uh, One of them is John, in his description of the Last Supper, he doesn't go into uh, sharing the bread, the breaking of the bread, right? Yeah, he does this first, right? He doesn't doesn't do it at all. He doesn't talk at all about Jesus breaking the bread, sharing the wine, take and eat, this is my body and blood. Now, he does have a Eucharistic theology in John chapter six. Oh yeah. But here he replaces the giving of the Eucharist with the washing of the feet. Wow. Now think about how important that must be. Yeah. Then. He wants us to pick something up here. Right. Like all, everybody, you know, like the earliest Christian community, they all practice the breaking of the bread, right? We, mm-hmm. we know how central the Eucharist is, right? Mm-hmm. So for somebody to come up and you're reading through the John's description of the life of Jesus, right? And you get to the part where it's like, Oh, they're going to talk about the breaking of the bread. That's my <laughs> favorite part. I love that part, right? And then all of a sudden, this is what's there instead. I have never, no one has ever told, said that. Well, to that's me. really interesting because John's gospel came last right of the four probably like yeah. 90 uh-huh. and so it would have sort of been a a twist yeah for the yeah. for the people they would have been like wait where's the breaking of the bread yeah right i mean they had been practicing part. the breaking of the bread sure. from the resurrection day yes. so this would have been decades and decades everybody knew that this is what jesus did hmm. you know on the night before he died yeah but here and john and so this is the way that john uh and 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 this is the second thing that that john does Right at uh, chapter 13, which mm-hmm. is where this this changes, he has this sort of long, rambling kind of introduction where he says, well, and Jesus, knowing that all things had come to their, their proper end and, and loving his own, he loved Love them him. all the way to so the end. end. And so, therefore, he went and he began, he, he mm-hmm. went to the room and they prepared for supper together. And, it, and it's like one sentence. It's right. this one long, long rambling sentence. sentence. Yeah. And it's my final, kind of sentence. Like, yeah. And it's this... And, 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 and the final clause of the sentence is that they were all there in the room 
and uh, they and Jesus uh, got up and he took a towel and he tied it around himself and he washed the disciples' feet. Hmm. So, like the sentence that begins, and it's this long sentence. So you're supposed to like it's like a long tracking shot where you're like, mm-hmm. oh, this is important. Like you got to sure, follow sure. this, right? Yeah. He's taking the time to really. It's like a slow ex- zoom. Yeah, it's yeah. a slow yeah. zoom. Yeah. So you're like zooming. In. Okay, I see what this is, and it starts off with Jesus knowing mm-hmm. that. That the, the hour of his glory had come, right? Ooh. You see, so you're zooming in, zooming in, zooming in, zooming in, all the way onto. And he washed, he their, washed feet. their feet. <laughs> it ends <Right>. on feet. Right. <laughs> 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 so we're, we're, so this is context then. Sure. For how critical, uh, like, like what's going on there, um, is, you know, in, Certainly in, in, in John, but I think as we crack this open, we're going to find that there's actually, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, this, this unlocks for us, like, cause, cause again, there's a Jesus knowing that his hour had come, right? Right, right. Uh, so like, this is the, the moment of, uh, glorification that's going to be happening. And it all begins with this. And I think we're supposed to ask the question, why? Right. It is very confusing. Yeah. So, why? <laughs> Aren't you supposed to tell us that? Yeah. <laughs> Aren't you the guy that tells us why? It's why called the... Socratic method. Yeah, I already right, know, right, right. but I'm getting you guys to answer for for your own. Uh, I think reports. I'm still stuck back on this idea that this was the only gospel that told this story. Why did I think that it was central to every to all the gospels? Well, it's just an important part of what we do during Holy Week. I mean, yeah, but. Does it make it any less? No, I'm trying to not make you feel bad. Powerful? You should have known that, Elisa. But, <laughs> no, you, it's it's just amazing to me. So now I'm trying to look at it from the lens of like, why was this so important to John to tell? Why was this part of it so important for us to know? Yeah. Well, the whole gospel of John, I mean, it starts, do you remember how it starts? Like, the word became flesh. Mm-hmm. John's entire gospel is about God becoming human and God dwelling with his people. Um, in this right. chapter, Benedict talks about this idea of like a, uh, a descent and then a, a rising again and how, well, we don't have to get into it now if you don't want to. Well, no, I think actually yeah. this is exactly the time because uh-huh. this is the, yeah. this is posing us the question, like why is washing feet such a big deal? Right. Like, and it seems to be carrying this, this, you know, weight of something way more important than it seems on the surface. And that seems to be what you're going toward. Yeah. So, well, and so he says that in Greek philosophy, I think it was Plotinus, Mm -hmm. a philosopher developed Mm -hmm. this idea of exitus and reditus exit and return, this sort of descent, uh, of the holy of the sacred to earth, to the profane, and then the ascent of the profane back to the holy. And Plotinus, a man without religion, said that when the sacred comes to the profane, when it descends, it loses something of itself. And it can only be restored when it's brought back, mm-hmm. right? When it's uh, ascended or returned. But the Christian notion of descent and return flips that on its head because what John is maintaining, what Benedict maintains, what the tr- tradition maintains is that when Christ descended to earth when he became human, he lost nothing. Mm -hmm. And when he returned, he brought us with him. Yeah, we gained. Right, we gained. There was no, it wasn't like 
things were put back to the way they were, but it wasn't just Jesus who was restored. It's us. Hmm. And so, and this is, uh, so beautifully played out in Philippians, uh, chapter four, where you get this, I think it's chapter four, right? And I think that, and that's what we're seeing here with the descent. Uh, okay. Yeah. I think that's what yeah, is yeah. going on. And well, I mean, that's what Benedict is, is, is pointing out here. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That in this washing the feet, God is like our servant. He serves us, which is amazing. Yeah. And you know, of course, this is the point that like, I don't know, I've heard in probably any ho- uh, any homily that I've ever right. heard about this right. was like, well, you know, the washing of the feet was the, the role of the, the servant and yes. the slave, right? Uh, which, you know, yeah, I mean, I, I guess that makes sense. Like, you know, especially you think about people who are, you know, like wearing sandals or very, mm-hmm. you know, loose shoes, and then they have to go walking through streets that didn't have sanitation, you know, and, and animals were walking through those same streets and stuff like that. So, you know, washing feet is going to be gross. So there's, yeah, there's this idea that like to become the slave, to become the servant. But the, but the washing in this situation isn't just simple washing, mm-hmm. right? Well, I think, I guess what I'm, what I, what I drew from this is when Benedict talks just in general about purity and how, um, and how there was this idea of, of purity of the body, but sometimes not purity kind of within, within, within the heart. Mm -hmm. And so in the washing of the feet, um, God coming to his people helps us to be like pure like him, you know? So I don't know. I I don't know if that, like I, I drew too much from that or what, but I just, there was a section where he was focused, where Benedict was focused on purity and it not being the, the purity of like hyper, hyper being hyper religious, but really looking within and Mm -hmm. looking at our hearts and maintaining that purity. So I don't know how that, or if that aligns with, with the washing of the feet. Well, yeah, because what we're talking about here is that, you know, there's this whole history of water, right? And washing and cleansing. And they had all these kind of ritual ways that you were supposed to purify yourself, you know, uh, through, through the use of water. Um, but of course Jesus had often become something of a critic of this where he's saying, you know, you're focusing on the external observations of the law, you know, without getting to what's the meaning underneath it and the, and the real transformation that's supposed to be happening here. And, and that's where the exciting thing happens with this washing of the feet. Because what we see, the dynamic that's going on underneath, and it's, it's in some ways, I, you know, we've all been talking about it in kind of in a couple different ways, but the dynamic that's coming out here is, um, is linking together the washing of the feet with Jesus's great commandment that he will speak at the last supper. So at the last supper, um, and this is John's description of the last supper. So he's the one thematically tying these together. Jesus gives his new commandment and he says, listen, I have a new commandment for you. This is the commandment. So like everybody should have their ears open at this point, right? Like, Oh, is this on the test? Yeah. This is definitely going to be on the test, right? A new law. Right. (laughs) Like, Like this is the commandment, like not one of many, but like, sure. The commandment. This is my commandment for you. And, and the way that Jesus says it, he says this, he says, love one another as I love you. Okay. We've heard this a lot. So we probably are familiar enough with the words. So I'm going to flip the words around 
so that you can hear them maybe anew. Mm-hmm. Not love one another as I love you, but hear it this way. As I love you, love one another. It means the same thing. Right. But the emphasis, uh, I think, just helps us to hear it mm-hmm. in a new way. So this is what's what's going on here. See, and, and Pope Benedict pulls this out, and I, I thought it was uh, very, very powerful in, in the way that he says it. He says um, that, uh, you know, when, when Jesus gives a new commandment, right, sometimes people said, well, the reason why Jesus' new commandment is so great is because it's such a, a high attainment. You know, it goes even above the Ten Commandments, right? Mm-hmm. It's this high ethical, moral, spiritual, human aspiration to love like God loves, Mm -hmm. right? And that's what's so special about Jesus's commandment. And Pope Benedict says, well, no, Mm -mm. because the problem is we can't even do the Ten Commandments right. (laughs) right. Oh, I love that part so much. That's right. We can't even do the Ten Commandments right. Like who, who would dare to look around at their own life or the world around them and be able to say, you know what we need to do? We need to have a more advanced level of ethics. No, you'd look around at your own life and everybody else would say, I need to go back to 101. I'm barely scraping by. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like, can we make this easier? (laughs) Right. You know, so this idea that, well, well, Jesus is giving us a higher ethical, you know, goal to work to a higher commandment that's drawing us up. Uh, Pope Benedict, he slaps that down right away. He says, no. No, that's not what's going on here. He says, this is the difference of the commandment that Jesus gives. The commandment that Jesus gives is this two-parter. As I love you, love one another. The difference is this. Yes, we're being called to holiness at an exceptional level, Mm -hmm. but we're not called to do it simply on our own strength power, will, and wisdom. We are called first to be loved by God. As I love you, love one another. As I wash your feet, so go and wash one another's feet. It's it's this transformation. This is transformation. Not that we have a higher goal to aim towards. We do have a higher goal to aim towards. The transformation, though, is not of purely of the mind, as it were, or of the of the of the goal. The transformation is that I can love when I have been loved. Yeah, it's an invitation to the to accept that gift of of love yeah. of the Father, which is. I think in my, like, if I could tra- uh, trace my own sp- spiritual journey, I think that was what actually turned everything on its head because, you know, it's almost easy to go out and do for others and serve others mm-hmm. and love yeah, others sure. if you have a certain kind of just personality or, I mean, just generally people are pretty good at, at doing those things. I think that when you have to stop for a second and contemplate being loved first mm-hmm. by the God of the universe, um, by God who loved until death right. all the way to the cross. When you stop and you pay attention to that, it is, it's so humbling. It's, you know, it's almost, 
it's every, 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 um, Holy week. It's just moves me to tears to really contemplate it. And then to move from that freedom, like, Oh, I'm, I'm loved so much. And then to try to move in that, um, just kind of flips everything. Yeah. I think you're right. That's where the conversion happens. I, that's how I start all my RCIA and confirmation classes. There's a paragraph in the catechism that says, God never stops pursuing humanity. Like you can turn and run from God, but he will chase after you. Like he will Mm -hmm. run you down. Uh, and that's, it's nice when it's like a thought experiment, but when it actually, when you experience it in your life, when that pursuant love is made real, it's a game changer. Um, and in a time when like the idea of God and us pursuing God is always the thought experiment, it is, it's not only humbling, but it's like relieving to mm, know that yeah. we're loved anyway, that we're not rejected. Well, and that we, we fear, could never we fear rejection so right much, mm-hmm. like without even knowing it. Yeah, it's yeah. it's the heart no, it's of true. all of our division, all of our it. Oh, yeah. Anyway, I've been thinking about that a lot lately. <laughs> well, and I think that the language of gift that mm-hmm. Benedict uses throughout when he's speaking about this, that this is, that this is a gift, right? This is not anything that we earned. And I think that that's why it's hard sometimes to kind of picture the Lord washing feet is because right. you, you want to be able to say that you've earned that kind yeah. of posture that you've <laughs> yeah. earned. We this all want to earn. This is, this is this, shall we say the sin uh, that Peter has? Yes. Right. Exactly. Yeah, this, this is Peter. He's right? like, uh-uh, you're not this washing my feet. Right. And the thing is like, that seems like we, we might touch, you know, at Peter and be like, ah, oh, you know, man, just kind of like, you know, go along the, with the thing, go along with the thing, read the room. Right. <laughs> but, but, but isn't that interesting? Read the room. <laughs> we can see from our 2020 yeah. vision, but like reading this scripture, Father Matthew, like that <laughs> reading this scripture, we can see like, no, no, Peter. He's given this one to you. This yeah. is a freebie, dude. Yeah. Right. And Peter's like, no, 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 <laughs> but I'm not worthy. I, I will, I will tell you though, we do as that. much as we, yeah, we do it all the time, you know, mm-hmm. and I, of course I spend, you know, hours every week, uh, hearing confessions, right? Right. And I'm, you know, obviously no details here, but, but, you know, the fact that this is, this is, it just seems like it's this inbuilt reality that people, even when they're coming to like make a confession and they know at some level, like, Oh, God's, you know, going to forgive and stuff like that. There's this constant urge and temptation towards being able to say, well, you know, I did this thing, you know, but I also did this other good thing. So therefore God is actually going to love me now. Right. 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 Or, or, you know, I've made this mistake, but now I've, you know, done all these good things to try to be able to make up for it. You know, we, we, we constantly are in this position of trying to justify ourselves before God, trying to come up with proving how God is actually going to love us. Mm. And, and of course the, the kind of the, the, at the heart of a lot of that is, see, if it's really just a gift, then we can't control it. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Which is the it's, scary part. It's right. Like it's the Holy if, if I can, scary. if I can, if I can earn God's love, right. right. If I can do something, you know, here's Peter, right. And he's like, you know, no, you're not going to wash my feet. Right. Cause I'm, I'm self-sufficient. I'm the guy who has to be able to help you, Jesus. You're not the one who has to be able to take care of me. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you know, and this idea that you can just be able to sort of like have to, just let go of all of that. 
and, and be able to say, I'm, I'm kind of a mess and I'm kind of gross. And God loves me even in that moment. Mm -hmm. And he, he washes me even in that moment, Mm -hmm. that moment that, as you say, is the one that touches, it changes their heart. Yeah. Like, like that's what changes your heart because the systems that we're used to are those systems where there's tally marks. Like, you know, you get tally marks for the good stuff. Right. Right. And, and you think it's all economics. Yeah. And, and so when Jesus says, no, like you, you don't earn, this is just my free gift for you. And so when you, when you swapped those statements and we focus on that first, um, as I love you. Yeah. This is all very cute, right? And as a thought experiment, <laughs> it sounds nice. <clears throat> but as Catholics, we have this available to us in a very concrete way mm-hmm. in the sacrament of confession, right? Mm-hmm. And Benedict mm-hmm. sort of talks about that. But you were saying earlier that this is an ex- there's water involved, right? So it's sort of like a baptism, but it's an uh-huh. extension of our baptism. Right. Well, yeah, I, I've always seen the sacrament of confession as an extension of baptism. Yeah. Because if you think it's it's going it's it's being washed clean of your sins, mm-hmm. right? And that's what baptism does. So this is like it's like you know going back to the place where you were baptized and being re renewed, uh, kind of to that. And that and I think I, I felt a lot of that in Benedict, and he as he was kind of closing the chapter on this one, he he talks about this washing uh, as a preparation for. Um, you know, as a, as a, as an as an experience of confession, I guess yeah. is the is the right way. Of well, it's it. interesting. So in Scripture, Jesus says you've been bathed, so you don't need to be bathed again. Mm-hmm. It's right. only necessary that I wash your feet. It's interesting that they probably would have done this anyway before they broke bread. Sure, any time. Right. Sure. How important for us to remember that we need to wash our feet confess our sins before mm-hmm. we go to the table too. Like mm-hmm. the, it's, it's, I was sort of being mean earlier when I said how cute it's, it is beautiful and it's very powerful, but it's important for us to remember that like, it's not just myth. It's mm-hmm. attainable here on Tuesdays and Thursdays and Saturday mornings. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And like every well, Sunday and, it's, and, and even above and beyond that, cause it's done in the context of the, uh, the Eucharist. And that's one of the things that we say mm-hmm. about the Eucharist as well is, I mean, what's that word that we say just before we go up to receive Lord, I'm not worthy to receive, but only say the word and I shall be healed. Yeah. Like it's the, it's the, it's the confidior at the beginning of the Eucharist and it's the receiving of the Holy communion. Mm-hmm. And, and again, there's that moment, right? There's that moment where we say, as I love you, love one another, mm-hmm. right? And think about those moments when you go and you receive the Holy Communion and it just, like, it's there, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And and you suddenly just are, like, overwhelmed by the reality. It doesn't happen every time. It won't happen every time. Mm-hmm. But there will be moments where it'll it'll hit you and you're like, this is the gift of, you know the greatest love, right? There's no greater love than a friend to lay down his life for a friend, right? Jesus says, and that's, that's the cross. That's the take and eat, take and drink. This is my body given up for you, right? This is that gift of 
the Eucharist that can fill us up so that we can be able to go out and fulfill that commandment. Mm-hmm. I, I think this is, you know, in some ways the most practical yeah. uh, thing that you can sort of yeah. consider when it comes to, well, I want to grow in being a holier person. I want to be better at being uh, a servant. I want to be a better, you know, husband, wife, mother, you know, uh, son, daughter, you know, uh, servant of God in the world, however you want to picture it. It's like, you want to get better at this? Okay. Then here is step one, absolutely necessary and un, you know, you cannot right. skip this step, right? Oh, what do I got to do? I got to come up with a plan for how I'm going to like be able to like do all of this stuff. No. First thing you do is you let God fill you up with his love. That's the first thing that you have to do. Prayer is not us showing up and right. impressing God right. for a couple minutes with our beautiful words, with our right. beautiful words and stuff like that. Prayer is about, and you can imagine almost well, you can imagine as a as a, as a cup, right, or a mm-hmm. or a, a chalice, you know, a cup, right. It's like you know, you want to be able to share love with other people, mm-hmm. right? You want to fulfill this commandment: love one another, right? That's holiness, gift of self to others. But uh, but if it's empty, if there's nothing in there. What do you have to give? And we all know that feeling of just being empty, just being oh, yeah. like, I've got nothing left. <laughs> right. 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 That should be the experience of prayer, of receiving God's word in the scripture, of the sacraments, of uh, silence. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of it has to be silence. We, we, we clog it up with words yep. too often. Um, that, that just inner reality and life not that we have to do some special thing to be able to get God's love to be with us, but it's just there radiating, wanting, poised to pour yeah. inside of us. And it's only at that moment when we have finally put away that St. Peter and finally just be able to allow that to happen. Then we become warmed and filled and a light again and, and and then there's the there's even the possibility of actually fulfilling the commandment love one another as i love you yeah. uh, and maybe maybe just the one last like you know kind of you know twist on this one um because he repeats it a couple times and and but but the wording in one of the the versions of the saying the commandment you know this is my new commandment it's it's in the present tense, mm-hmm. not yes, love one another gonna, as I loved you. Right. It's often quoted that way. And I think I've that's one of the yeah. versions of yes, it. It yes. actually does to put it into the past tense. And so you could look up at a cross and be like, well, that's how much Jesus loved me. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, or you could hear the example yeah. of, uh, you know, the, the, the washing of the feet. Oh, that's how much Jesus loved his disciples. And it becomes right. this sort of like icon that you look at this model that you look at but uh but the the most immediate version of it is quite simply this love one another as i love you present tense right now this is game changing for me because i've always seen this story as jesus example of service first and not an example of his love 
Does that make sense? You know, like, oh, Jesus is serving his disciples, so I need to go out and serve the community. I need to go. Which, of course, I need to do. But I have never meditated on this as an act of love primarily first. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so to to just draw on that image of a current act of love. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is a current vision of my love for you. Stooping down. This is me loving you. And let it happen. (laughs) So so let me me give my one last kind of like twist on this, right? Yeah. Um, Lent. Lent exists as a period of time so that we can prepare for... Um, you know, the, the, the Paschal mysteries to prepare to the new life of sure. the resurrection that we already have, but we want to renew it. We want to get excited about it again. We want to get it, you know, totally. renewed again, such like this. So the idea is that like, well, Lent is a time when we should, you know, be renewed in holiness and in service and in, and in doing all of these things to live out, you know, being, uh, being Christian, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if this is true, that, this is the dynamic of how it works. You want holiness, be filled up, and then go out and go do it, mm-hmm. right? Then wouldn't it be true that one of the greatest practices of Lent would simply be the act of being loved by God? Oh. <laughs> Why are you so resistant because to don't that? You, no, no. Because don't you, don't you hear the audible gasp? in the cars that are listening to this podcast at this moment <laughs> because, because, because the, the very of, the very nature we think of Lent I have is, to do something I have to feel I have like sackcloth I have to beat my breast I like being loved by God like what no I'm supposed to give up Dr. Pepper like you know what I mean <laughs> that it's it, it kind of stands into in opposition of what we generally think Lent is to to let ourselves be loved by God yeah. Father Matthew what? what are you talking about right now? <laughs> what am I talking about? <laughs> what are you talking about? Hot that, take. This is my hot take yes. on Lent. Benedict has this line in uh, this par- in this chapter, and he says that the whole being made pure, the whole pursuit of holiness, uh, Augustine says this, depends on our eye being absorbed into his eye. Mm-hmm. Our being being absorbed into God's being, right? Mm-hmm. This becoming holy, becoming like God. And the only way it happens... Is when we are loved. Is by sitting there, being open, and yeah, receiving his love. Letting him wash our feet. And that might be the hardest thing Lent we've ever had because for a lot of us, sitting and being loved is a lot is a lot harder than going and doing and being out there and let me go do this and do that. I feel like it's actually a big challenge to say, hey, how about we just be still and be in relationship and be in conversation and yeah. allow him to love us. The hardest Lent you've us. ever had. We should make that into a series and try and sell that. We probably <laughs> the, hardest, the hardest Lent that you've ever had. The most difficult, grueling Lent you've ever had. And be it's loved. just contemplation. Just yes. be loved. Just contemplation. Being loved being by loved. God. And going to mass. <laughs> confession. Well, well, very good. This is, yeah, sorry. Did you have, no, no, no. You could, ours. Maybe in the next, in the other channel, we can talk about it more. <laughs> yes. There we go. <laughs> Bonus cool. content. That's right. That's right. Well, very good. Thank you very much, Father Matthew, for helping us yeah. break this open. And thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Being Church Podcast. Remember that uh, we do have that other podcast channel, St. Louis Presents, which you can uh, search for and find and listen to these 
scripture passages um, upon which we reflect prayerfully uh, on that channel. And then uh, keep an eye on that channel post-Lent into the Easter season as it develops and grows. Thank you so much for listening. We love you. We're praying for you. And we hope that you're having a blessed and holy Lent in preparation for Easter. All right. God bless. Peace.